it is so good to see my girl. I haven't seen you in mm. forever. It's ever, ever, ever. I get so excited for our Ken and Cass episodes. When we have guests, <laughs> the episodes are way more interesting and way more, way more credible, way more intellectual. But yeah. something about just hanging out with your bestie with your on the pod and yeah. videotaping it for everyone to see and hear, it just there's something special. It's a special bond that we share. Special, narcissistic, whatever word you prefer. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to say. We love it. <laughs> we personally love it. The bosses will see you now. Give the people the updates. Give the people I know. I know. I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like so much has happened. Real- mm-hmm. Realistically, if this was a normal year, right. nothing has happened for me in the past two <laughs> months. But COVID-wise, I feel like we got to just savor every single little update. I've been tempted to kind of just like go off the grid a little bit for a little bit. I know, right? Because right? <laughs> all- we're like influencers and we post so much but then I'm like I can't because I my job that I don't get paid for is your small for business the BCP, my small business I don't know what you can't focus on the fact that you don't get paid because being a small business owner is all about those sacrifices and I think yeah. it's common to not take a wage the first year you know we got to be happy with that $15 we've made so far $13 because there was a yeah. fee that got taken off <laughs> People are like, oh my god, they made $13. Don't ask questions. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It was a donation. Yeah. It was <laughs> Not donation. enough for a tax refund. Has to be $25. No. <laughs> As all of our newsletter readers know, I was training mm. for a 10K. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So I completed my 10K over the weekend on Sunday. We did it at the lake. It was super mm-hmm. fun. We ended up like, because usually it's like in Kamloops downtown, across the bridge, like a big deal. We tried Mm -hmm. to make it special still, so we, like, got red shirts and, like, reverse tie-dyed them. Like, Mm -hmm. the TikTok trend that was cool a year and a half ago, we started to do. It was really good. So we had, like, matching shirts. We timed ourselves. Don't worry about the time. It's not important. We completed it. (laughs) That's amazing. That's a huge accomplishment. People train for that for so long. I know. It was hard. That's a huge accomplishment. I could personally never, but that's amazing. You personally definitely could because, again, I know time doesn't matter, but our pace is really slow. (laughs) You could, like, walk beside us. I really don't think I could. Running is just, like, very hard for me. When I go run, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to go for a run. And I run for, like... 25 seconds yeah. and then I, I walk I thought you were going to say minutes. minutes. I was like, shut up. <laughs> no, I just, I walk and then until a car drives by, then I start running to like make it look like I'm running. Fair. I, what about you? <laughs> so I have to get glasses. That's a big <gasps> th- thing for me. I'm I've so never excited. needed glasses and I went to the eye doctor because my benefits are running out in two weeks. Shout out. Also love my eye doctor. He's the best. So yeah, so I have to get glasses. They're just for distance. Honestly, I think I kind of manifested it because my whole childhood I was like, oh, I wish needed glasses. Like I would just be like such mm-hmm. a girl next door, like, you know, main character vibes. Right. But then I've never really wanted them now that I see how much work they are and how expensive they are. That's probably my own fault because I got the Tiffany and Co. ones. If you're going to get glasses. Like. If you're going to get glasses and if you have benefits, do it. But yeah, so I need them for distance right in time for law school. Here's the thing, though. I really struggled picking out a good frame because my, my face is very small, mm-hmm. but my eyes are really, really big. big. So it's like the small glasses, my eyes like peer over and then <laughs> and then the, the glasses that are too big, like literally cover yeah. half my face. Yeah, no, I thought that you ended up picking a really good pair. So anyways, that was like a big turning point for me. And um, then I don't know if you remember, but well, 
the, for the listeners, TRU, the university that I graduated from, did in my final semester, they launched the Limitless campaign, which was their right. campaign, fun, largest fundraising campaign in the university's history to raise Crazy. $50 million. And so in my last semester, I was selected to be the student spokesperson for it. And I like spoke yeah, it and got so much fun, so honored to be a part of it. And I got an email about a week ago that they have reached and actually surpassed the $50 million goal. I think they made like 50.3 mil in a year, like a year and a half it was that they reached the goal, which is amazing. And During so, COVID too, oh my god! I know. Honestly, the support of donors was just like amazing oh, and crazy. it's going to really improve the university. Like just so honored to be a part of it. And yeah. so they invited me back to... I, like videotaped the event like kind of like Ooh. announcing it and I got to give a speech at it it was so nice met some really nice people and then I went was invited to go on the radio the next day mm. just to talk about yeah, my experience were. with Limitness, Limitless and my experience at TRU so honestly it was like a fun and exciting week like it was yeah. a good time you were busy representing the boss chicks out there you, I really felt bad really for well not mentioning the weight. pod that was my bad but they cut it out they cut it out. They kept the entire 10-minute radio interview that I did, but they cut out the Boston Project. No, but I do have to say that, honestly, it sounds so weird, mm-hmm. but it's been like a year and a bit since yeah. I've been kind of in the school realm and stuff and doing that kind of public speaking and, mm. you know, talking in public and being on the radio type thing. And I used to do that a lot when I was in school. Yeah. And I have to say, I was getting ready in the morning, and I was like, there is not a time that I feel more like myself than before oh. I'm like either going on radio or giving mm-hmm. a speech about something like professional and something that I like am yeah. really passionate about. And I just remember I was getting ready for work and I was like, this is how I want to feel every morning. I want to have those excited nerves. That is where I just feel the most Ken. And I just was Aww. like, I haven't felt this way in like a year. Yeah. And it was just so nice. Did it like reaffirm your want to kind of pursue public speaking and in being in that space? Yeah, I definitely think that and it, it, whenever I have little things like this, like either I'm teaching a public speaking workshop or I have an opportunity to public speak, it just like reminds me that that is more of what's my alignment. Yeah. Like I can be into accounting, I can be into law, yeah. I can be into like facts and education, but like at the end of the day, I need to find a way to whatever career mm-hmm. I choose to be like either teaching people or like yeah. on a stage or speaking in a public place or like being in a courtroom. Like I completely agree with you. I I've seen you do like your plays, even when we were like babies in retreat team. Like you were always oh gosh, so yeah. good. You're so amazing. And, like, I've been to, like, all the TRU plays, and I'm not biased, but I think you're the best actress ever been at TRU. She's not biased. Oh, yeah. Not biased <laughs> at all. But you're so talented. You're so comfortable. You know what you're doing. And I was listening to you on the radio, and I was so excited, and I was just like, how does she do this? Because we're, like, opposites in this realm. Complete opposites. And I was so impressed because you sound so eloquent. You knew exactly what to say. I was like, how can you just, like, speak? on the off the cuff so eloquently thank you I appreciate that well yeah we're the opposite in the sense that like I can do that but you can do all of that on paper that I can't do like you can write it and I can speak it we'd be a great combo I think this is just like such a good segue because I've always had so many questions for you specifically about public Mm -hmm. speaking because I'm too shy to to go in person and take a course so I have my own little personal coach right here why not just exploit you and get all the good let's go take advantage of me on the podcast let's go we should no I think I wanted to put a quick disclaimer out here that 
we're trying to get like an actual professional yeah. certified public speaker on the podcast to give us tips because I would also love to hear and improve and I just kind of want to say my experience in public speaking mm-hmm. is that I have always liked it and always been like kind of since I gave the valedictory address at yeah. high school valedictorian address valedictorian I think address, you said it that. anyways in high school you said I was it like, confidently I said it that's all that matters that's rule number one <laughs> no is that I like doing it and I yeah. enjoy doing it and then I learned a lot in my theater degree about public speaking I took a public mm-hmm. speaking course I did a directed studies with a voice professor at TRU then I did a 2.0 to that directed studies for the law school where I designed a workshop right. on public speaking called projection and performance for the courtroom specifically for the law school and the business program so this is just like me being like a lot of my stuff is self-taught and learned and from reading acting books don't know a whole lot but that's my background but you're still very qualified like you have a ton of experience and you're not just like making this up like you actually know what you're doing all of that experience to me makes you a professional Thank you. But also what I think is so funny is that when I public speak and I have a speech, I talk so slow and so like so eloquently. True. Like oh my Google God. my valedictorian mm-hmm. address from TRU or Google my Limitless campaign video and then listen to me on the podcast and you're like, what is this like screeching talking past <laughs> Chihuahua doing on a podcast? When in reality, it's because this is my personality right now, but when I'm actually speaking, I swear to you. You do. It's no. not like how I sound on the podcast. It sounds like it's so it's so crazy. I always think like we always I know I remember like watching one of your like lessons and you were like you think about it like take a couple seconds and I can like I can hear it now when you talk like mm-hmm. professionally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, she's doing that thing. Like she sounds so good." And then on the podcast obviously it's so different, but it's so it's like that's so funny. It's like the opposite of so good. But yeah, no. Yeah. So- I kind of wanted to start like getting into like why do you like this? Like this seems crazy to me. So I kind of want to, like, understand (laughs) you as a human. It's like a deep dive psychologically. So I kind of want to go, like, as way back as you can remember, when did you – when was, like, the first time you did public speaking or acting or anything of the sort? Um, Well, okay, when I was, like, a child child, like, very young, I was always, like, I'm going to be a famous singer (laughs) and actress. Duh. God, nobody wants to hear me sing ever. Give me a beat. No, I'm just kidding. I will rap for you, 100%. I, I, my rapper name when mm-hmm. I was a kid was K-Wizzle. I had my own CD. Stop. And my hit song was called Lemonade. And I will rap oh. for you, not on this podcast. Okay, like, if, if we end up doing, like, a pay for subscribers, that's happening. I will <laughs> release Lemonade to the public. So, I think growing up, I was just kind of, I knew that I was good and kind of liked being dramatic and acting through dance like I danced for 18 years and being on stage I was never like the pretty ballerina I was always the actor role which I love doing because I just had like a big persona on on stage I would watch the Oscars and I would just be like fueled with jealousy I was just like I want that to be me I want to be on stage so I definitely always wanted to be on stage but I never had an outlet to do it I never really thought I liked public speaking and I never thought I liked giving group presentations. And then I remember in university, I just started having to speak a lot in Mm -hmm. front of classes for like supplemental learning, like just doing group visits. And people would just make little comments like, oh, like you're such a good speaker. Like you're so confident. And inside I was like, I'm so nervous. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm shaking right now, but everyone's telling me that it's good. And I remember at my 
in high school at the when I gave my valedictory address so many parents came up to me and were like you should be on the news like you need to be a talk show host or like a newscaster or something and I was kind of like oh that's interesting like I could see myself wanting to do that and then honestly I didn't think I was a good public speaker until people started asking me to public speak at TRU right. because of my theater degree. So I don't even think they knew I was a good public speaker. They were just like, she has a weird degree and she's like in the business <laughs> program and then her minor is theater, so she must be good at public speaking. So then yeah. I kind of just was like, people expect me to mm-hmm. be good at this, so I'm going to be Better good at it. it. I think it yeah. was, yeah, I think it was kind of like how we are with things where we're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm doing this course, I'm going to ace it. I'm studying for the GRE, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. I'm doing this 10K, I'm going to be the best. Like, it was kind of, my example. Yeah, it's really, really nice of you. <laughs> so it was kind of like me against myself, and I was like, okay, hey, people are expecting this from mm-hmm. me, so I better bring it. And then I started just practicing, and honestly for me, and you can probably tell, mm-hmm. when I public speak, I am a very different persona than I am in my normal personality. It's almost like an elevated version of yourself. Because I think, I see people when they have to pretend they're somebody else Mm -hmm. to public speak. And I don't think you do that entirely. I think you're just like the most elevated version of yourself when you're in Mm -hmm. these roles. It's so cool to watch. If you ever do a play, all of our listeners should go because it's like the best experience ever. But I think the play version of me is different than, like, the public yeah, speaking version that's of me. that's true. For sure. Because you're playing, definitely playing a character. So mm-hmm. when you went into TRU, why did you decide to take acting course? I've always wanted yeah. to, like, be on stage. And I never really knew much about theater. But I was kind of just like, I can take an elective. TRU offers it. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I was so scared. And I came up with every excuse to be like, you know what? Let's just wait till my second year. Mm -hmm. Like first year, first semester, it's too stressful. But then I just signed up for the course and I went. And it was like the best decision that I ever made. And it was like the best part of my degree was doing the theater program with the accounting. And honestly, like I owe all of a lot of the experiences that I had. Like I never would have been given the opportunity to teach public speaking workshops if I didn't do a theater minor. And it became... The whole reason pretty much I ended up going to law school because I met so many people through working with the law school and working with um, a judge on designing this workshop. That's so true. No, mm-hmm. I think I'm so glad you did theater. When you started going, did your first theater course, I was like, finally, she's doing like what she's meant to do. I, was, yeah. I think that you should be an actor, like actually. A lawyer slash actor. Why a not? lawyer slash actor. Mm-hmm. So going back to like retreat team, I know we talked about it like probably in episode one catholic school girl confessions but i was thinking about it it was like that was the perfect mix of being like leadership but also like improv and acting and -hmm. i feel like almost your public speaking career is like those two things combined like leadership and yeah playing a character or acting and stuff so do you think like that was kind of your first intro to be like oh this is a potential career Yeah, that's true. I mean, shout out to Retreat Team at our crazy Catholic school, episode one. But no, I think that's true because I love being and talking in front of people. I love teaching my public speaking workshops. Mm -hmm. When I can help people while doing something that I love, which is public speaking, and I'm so passionate about it, that's like chef's kiss moment for me. Like it's, I can lead like a four hour workshop and just feel like so elevated and happy afterwards when I've just talked for four hours. And so I have like personal questions about you as a human. Oh no. Okay. No, they're like not creepy. Okay. So like (laughs) in high school, did you ever feel like nervous for a presentation or like when you were little, did you ever feel like scared to do a speech or presentation or do you just like feel super amped? 
Okay, so this is what I tell people in my public speaking workshops, is I'm like, I lead public speaking workshops, I speak at events, I'm an actress, all the things, and every time before I ever give a speech, when I went on the radio, when I went and gave the speech at TRU last week, I feel like I'm going to puke while I'm speaking, my legs are shaking underneath me, and I'm having the most fun time, and once I'm out there and I've... (laughs) That's fun. It, it, no, it's, no, it's, so, okay, okay, okay. It's fun for you. So, here's my thing. If you're nervous before you do anything, whether it's a test, whether it's a public speaking thing, whatever it is, that means you care. You care. And if you learn and you become comfortable in being uncomfortable, is what mm. I say, comfortable in the nerves, you can learn how to channel those nerves and turn them into energy and excitement that's going to come across like you're way more passionate about what you're right. talking about. So, for me... I feel like puking before I public speak. When I gave the speech at the podium last week at TRU, I could feel my legs shaking. I hadn't spoken in like a year, but I was loving every second Mm -hmm. of it. And honestly, like it went really well. I spoke slow. People came out to me afterwards and I was like, I can really tell you did a theater degree. That was like an amazing speech. So I think that if you're not nervous, that would make me more nervous for you (laughs) because it just means you don't care. Or not prepared or something. The only times I've ever not done well when I public speak is when I don't feel nervous beforehand. So I like those nerves. And here's my story. So in grade four, I had to go and I was in the Christmas concert and I went up on stage and I literally forgot my lines and I was like, and I just froze. And then I was, I was, I know I was up there for like, uh, like 30 seconds. And then I remembered my lines. I remembered them. Mm. And no, but instead, my my thought process was, it's too late now. Just keep standing here. It's too late. Don't say your lines. Because the damage is done. If you say it now, <laughs> it's worse. That was the wrong decision. Right. And then my teacher had to come up, shout out Mr. Naylor, and give me, like, the the lines. And I had to read them. But And that's why I tell people, if I can do that, and now I do this, you can also learn. That's good. That. I'm glad to know that you're normal because I hear people being like, oh, I'm not nervous. I just like feel so excited and like passionate and strong when I'm up there. I'm like, you're not real. You're lying. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they're like that. But for me, I'm nervous. But then the mm-hmm. moment I'm out there and once I give my first speech, then I'm like, I still have you're those nerves, it. but it's excitement. And I can totally get that they're like excited and happy yeah. about it and don't feel bad. I think there's tips and tricks that you just need to learn to how to cope with that. So right. I have so many rituals that I do yeah. before I speak and during speaking. Like for example, with that story about forgetting mm-hmm. a line. So one thing I tell people is if you are up there and you forget what you're supposed to say or you're stumbling over your words, first of all, take a minute because yeah. I just took a three second pause right there and all it did was cause me to like slow down mm-hmm. and just like catch my thoughts and allow the listeners to just take a moment, absorb what I just said and be ready to hear what I'm saying next. Right. So that's a good thing to do. Wiggle your toes. It sounds, that's like what you're supposed to do if you're frozen because it just gets your body moving and then it takes your brain off the fact that you're freezing because your body is moving and always bring a water bottle with you when you're speaking. So obviously Mm. if you're like giving a presentation in front of a bunch of people, you can't do that. But if you're just like teaching a lecture or giving a PowerPoint presentation, Mm. get yourself a glass of water, drink it. And just like take a second because all you're doing is having a glass of water. But in your brain, you're going, can you remember it, what I yeah. said? You're taking a second and movement is the biggest thing because you're telling right. your brain to stop freaking out and right. being frozen because you're physically moving your body. So your blood's flowing, everything's moving, and then it'll stop, tell your brain to stop freaking out. Oh, that's such a good tip. I'm so glad that you've gotten into tips because 
<laughs> I need severe help. I severe. do all those things. I black out. I have. I don't remember. I practice. I will read a speech. I will have it memorized, like backwards, forwards, mm-hmm. a billion times. And I get up there, and if I don't have a piece of paper with me, I will be like. I am here and I am in front of you and I have no idea why. Like I, all <laughs> thoughts out of brain. I have, wow. I can't put, I can't add. One plus one is not going to equal two if I'm up there. Like, Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's weird. So I, it's definitely just like a nerves and anxiety thing. No, but a lot of people, a lot of people are like that. So I wondered like, what are your tips? Maybe like those pre-rituals that you can do mm-hmm. to calm yourself down. I think that's my mm-hmm. biggest thing. I'm just so amped. So well, here's the thing. So I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, like very briefly, mm-hmm. but there's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic right. nervous system. So your parasympathetic is your rest, relax. This is like your best state where you like digest and that's where you want to be. Your sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. is your fight or flight response. So okay. chances are you're in your sympathetic nervous system, Probably. very much so. And as you should be, because you are, you're you're in an environment where you have high stakes. Yeah. So that's going to be, you're going to be in your sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So all you can really do is get yourself to the most relaxed parasympathetic state that you can before okay. you get on stage so that you're at least starting at a low, calm. There's some space for you to get to when the nerves yeah. build. Okay. That's probably exactly. good. <laughs> so like how, what are your best ways to get to that chill zone okay so I like to obviously do a breathing exercise you know this Uh I still use the breathing exercise (laughs) that you taught me this one works bathing in high school when I needed help with math but also you guys can google any breathing exercise what works for you personally when you're wanting to go from the the sympathetic to the parasympathetic state you want to use elongated breath so that Mm -hmm. means you're either going like in for eight out seven in seven out six, in six out five, in five out four, in four out three, and so on and so on. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Elongated breathing, it gets the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that connects from your neck to your diaphragm, which is Mm. how you want to be breathing. Diaphragm, not your chest. It sends a signal to your brain to turn the sympathetic nervous system down and your parasympathetic nervous system up. So what other breathing exercise you want to do, you want to do an elongated breathing exercise and you want to make sure that it's not a breathing exercise that's like short. Like you don't want to be doing breaths because that's like pretty much telling your body to hyperventilate. Yeah. Interesting. We do that in yoga. Like Mm -hmm. I do all these like super like hitchy yogas from Lululemon and they're like do these like big loud breaths like <sighs> something about the nerve that attaches to your diaphragm and they were like it's good for digestion I was like okay I'm gonna breathe like that all day <laughs> like obviously we need some help with the digestion but I had no idea that would like also just like calm you so that makes sense yoga is really chill so like naturally if you're talking you breathe through your mouth and your nose you take a deep breath through your nose but like when you actually focus on your breath when you're talking right you, you breathe through your mouth right yeah but the problem with doing that is when you take a breath through your mouth it's like short Shallow. right so okay. like take a breath through your short it's like or through your, yeah take a breath through your mouth it's like very short whereas mm-hmm. if you take that same breath through your nose you can actually breathe in a lot longer oh so okay. it's kind of how i see it too if you breathe too much through your mouth is it kind of just becomes like a vicious cycle and you're right. reversing everything that you were doing before because you have to take more breaths because mm-hmm. you're not getting as much air. And if you can feel it, it's like yeah. a very sharp, short breath. 
then you also start talking faster. That's the thing. I find and when, then I when do you that, talk faster, it's because yeah. I'm talking too fast. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hello, and and I just like can't get the breath. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so why when I work with people who are like very at the very beginning, I'm kind of like becoming more comfortable public speaking and they mm-hmm. have a lot of nerves I tell them in their speech what they're working on and if they can't bring their speech with them well then do it so much in practice that it becomes mm-hmm. a part of your speech but you put little like a star after every couple sentences and that reminds you to stop to take a deep full breath through right. your nose so oh. like that's something I should remind myself yeah. to do with the podcast but like you're talking and you take it just a moment and you just go Okay, now we're going to talk mm-hmm. about this. Can you just hear how yeah. I automatically started talking so much slower Yeah. as soon as I took that deep breath? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I need to, as someone who needs to memorize everything to feel comfortable, I should just <laughs> memorize when to breathe. That's like a exactly. life hack. Yeah, oh, that's no, so 100%. smart. So when you Sorry. like get up there and you're like mm-hmm. calm, you're chill, you get up there, you're trying to breathe through your nose and then you realize there's like your ex-boyfriend in the front row. <laughs> you freak out how do you who invited him he's obsessed with us so like <laughs> why what do you do how do you calm down like well i personally started? never had that happen in a public okay. speaking thing <laughs> Meaning, but okay, going in a, most people are like I'll okay leave. i'm concerned because like i'm at a job interview i need to right. practice public speaking you know, like, what if my boyfriend goes <laughs> off my ex-boyfriend while i'm trying to, public I'm trying to think of, like the worst scenario that okay. i would hyperventilate or well, I would kill it. One of the two. First of all, I would try to make sure before you public speak that you always, this is going into like another pre-thing, but you always look your best because you're going to be more <laughs> confident. And you obviously, right. that, maybe that's your motivation. Pretend that your ex is going to go. be at your public speaking thing. So I always like to feel really confident. Mm-hmm. I recommend never wearing a new outfit, never wearing something that you don't know what it looks like on you like don't buy an outfit and wear it for the first time to public speak I always have to wear heels I don't think I could public speak at all if I didn't wear heels it's It's just how it goes yeah Mm -hmm. well it's a power stance Mm -hmm. it physically causes my body to be more open which causes me to breathe more properly and stronger everything works interesting yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's all about the breath yeah, if your okay. ex-boyfriend is there, I would try to just um, not look at them, look past. I personally mm-hmm. don't look at people in the eye when I'm public speaking because oh, it makes okay. them uncomfortable. So oh. I actually, yeah, that's what I was also told is that you shouldn't look people. I look at their forehead. Mm-hmm. I do like to make it look like I'm looking at them, right. but I move so much when I public speak and I'm a walker, so I'll like take steps. But that's another thing to do when you're nervous is take steps but make them meaningful so if you're gonna move don't just pace that's like Mm -hmm. very distracting but if you're if you want to draw attention to the next thing you're gonna say then take a breath take a step forward and then speak so for me the most nervous I've ever been when I public speak is one time when they gave me a speech in one hand and I couldn't memorize I always like to memorize but they gave it to me the day of and then they gave me a microphone in the other hand, and they put me in front of a podium, and the microphone had a cord. So I could not move. I couldn't move my hands. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move at all. I was so nervous. I was in, introducing this guy from Bitcoin. He was speaking at TRU. And, <laughs> like, shout out. Should have listened to him. This was, like, five years ago. Does Didn't buy invest? any Bitcoin. I was, like, shaking and so nervous just because I couldn't move my hands or yeah. move my body. So, for me, I know and I tell people in advance if I'm going to do something, I'm like, okay, hey, I ask, does the microphone yeah. have a cord? Do I have to have this memorized? Like, am I going to be at a podium? Because I need to either be able to take a step 
or move my hands when I speak. You want to make sure, though, that you're not doing things that are distracting. And you want to find what your, um, you want to find what your ism is. So everyone has an ism and it's a thing that they do when they're nervous. So my ism used to be that I like paste a lot or that I do these like Italian gestures with my hands (laughs) when I speak. But a lot of people's isms are that they pull at their clothes or they rock back and forth when they're public speaking. And it's really distracting for the audience. And it also makes you come across so unconfident. So you want to find out what your ism is. The best way to do that is to um, videotape yourself public speaking or doing it in front of a mirror or doing it in front of someone and asking them uh, to watch you. critique you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So some ways that you can deal with your isms, though, is like finding out what it is and using it to your advantage. So for me, Mm -hmm. I like to move. So instead of pacing, I find peak points in my presentation and I move on those peak points. Okay. So would you like also with breathing, could you like mm-hmm. make a note when you're memorizing your speech, like maybe take a break here to like take a step or take a break here to like move your hands. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful or sh- would that make you more nervous? Like memorize it really, more things. It really depends how much you practice. I really think though, if you're willing to put in the time and effort to practice mm-hmm. a lot, once you practice, it's not going to become like, okay, what's next? Okay, take a step. It's going right. to be, okay, when I just finished saying that sentence, my body naturally is taking a break because right. I practiced it enough. You have to practice public speaking. I practice two weeks before a presentation, ideally, and continually practice every night once or twice. Now, okay. there's been times when it's been like, can you give a speech yeah. tomorrow? And I do it. But ideally, practice is when you when you do your best. What I was going to start with, too, is like the four Ps of public speaking are pace, pitch, pause, and power. Can you repeat that? Pace, Pace. pitch, Pitch. pause, Pause. and power. Power. Noted. (laughs) So Promo. The the promo. The breathing really helps with um, the pace and the pitch because when you breathe through your mouth and you shorten your breath your voice gets naturally a lot higher versus if you take that breath your pitch is a lot lower and it's easier for you people to hear you speak Mm -hmm. so I actually when I started doing public speaking created a legend for myself and stars meant increase your power here you're Mm -hmm. gonna talk louder here to draw attention you're gonna quiet your voice a little bit right now to draw attention to this because playing with power and Mm -hmm. pitch is so powerful in speech. That's amazing. In theater, we did an exercise where you took like a little news article and you mixed it up and you Mm -hmm. put in places where you got really loud and really quiet, where you talked really fast and really slow and you played with the four Ps and being really extra about it. And I recommend any speech that you're doing, trying it like that, marking it up and trying to be really loud, really quiet, playing with things. You're teaching yourself how to adjust and adapt when you're Mm -hmm. speaking how to learn how to not just talk monotone and straight the whole time and it makes you a much more interesting public speaker I feel like if you practice in that way too it almost becomes instead of like maybe for a presentation for school if I was Mm -hmm. doing that instead of being like oh my gosh this is like a nerve-wracking thing I'm being graded on it it'll be like okay this is like a fun play that I used to do and I can like pretend I'm more of a character or kind of get out of the Mm -hmm. headspace of oh my gosh, I'm being judged and being like, okay, this I know this inside and out. I can play with it now. 
Exactly. It's really just becoming familiar with what you're reading yeah. and what you're saying and being confident in it. Because at the end of the day, this is what I tell everyone when I said on the radio, it's like, if you don't believe what you're saying or you at least don't come across like you're mm-hmm. believing what you're saying, no one is yeah. going to believe what you're saying. And that's what I had to think when I was going to teach the law students. I was yeah. like, these people are so much more educated than me and they know so much more about the legal profession. But I know more about public speaking. Mm-hmm. And if I can show them that, then they'll believe me. But if I come across like, I don't know what I'm talking about, why would they believe me, right? That's so true. When people ask, should I memorize something? I say like, Yes, but no. I think you should know the first first word or sentence of every little paragraph hmm. that you're talking about. So when I gave this speech last week, I had five little paragraphs, and I knew how all of them started. Now, every time I said them, they changed a little bit by the end. Right. I had different variations. Because if you try to do it verbatim every single time, the moment your mind forgets that one word, mm. you'll forget how to transition. You'll That's forget true. completely how to transition. So every time I practice it, I just change it a little bit we're still talking about how the donors created value in our lives but the first time it was to help us be motivated to work harder and then the other time it was to help us excel to reach our potential right either are totally fine and valuable and true but if i say value i'm not thrown off now and don't know how to finish the sentence because i didn't say excel do you write (laughs) out your entire speech and then like shorten it and start doing like points or like how do you start like just ground zero I write it out exactly how I want to say it, but then I highlight and bold certain words. Like, for example, if I was looking at my public speaking notes, what I would say, I'll read something that I've already said. So when you're talking about, for example, when we were talking about breathing through our um, nose versus then our mouth and having diaphragmatic breath. Mm -hmm. So I have something that says projection and power is not just about the throat. The larynx is just a channel for sound and the power comes through your lungs, your diaphragm and your intercostal muscles, which are on the sides of your ribs. And that's Mm -hmm. how you want to breathe. So actually when you breathe, and I'm just going to tell you this now is you want to feel like, um, it's like a cross of breath going through your body. So it wants to go down your head, down to your belly button, out your belly button, but at the same time as going out your belly button, you want it to come out the sides of your rib and then come back up. So it's almost like a Hail Mary cross that literally goes through your body of breath and that's how you want to feel. But in that, I had the word larynx, channel for sound, and um, power highlighted in that. So that if I wasn't wanting to read it verbatim, but I forgot what I was saying, I just look down at my notes and I see, okay, now we're talking about the larynx. It's a channel for sound for diaphragmatic breath. Okay. Okay. So this is the thing that, so yeah, so that you're not having to just read off your piece of paper. So like write it all out and then kind of highlight the points that are actually like the key messages. And then Mm -hmm. you can kind of adjust from there depending on what it's for. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. So now that we've, like, I think we won't throw up on stage when we see our ex-boyfriend on the stage in the audience and we're, like, ready to go. We're probably, we're, like, in the B to B plus, maybe A minus range right now. How do you get your speech to be, like, A plus 100%? Like, what are the tips to take you from, like, I can do this and I'm not going to die to, oh, my gosh, this person's incredible, You have to find a way to be passionate about it or excited about it. Even if it's just because you really want an A+, well then be so excited that you're done with this class and you're going to get an A+, in 20 minutes when you're done this presentation. But you have to find a way to feel excited about it. 
finding ways to engage with the audience and getting them to communicate with you. I love asking questions. Um, I always start with like, you know, I mean, depending on what it is, but with my workshops, I always start with like a quote or like a video or a Mm. story that's like personal to me. I like to let my personality come through a bit in the sense that like I will tell the embarrassing stories about my public speaking things and I like to ask people questions when I'm public speaking. So I think the more engagement you can have, the better. Um, I think that a lot of how you could play with excitement to come across more confident is your pitch. I'm all here for pause and talking slow Mm -hmm. and power but my biggest thing and I think the way that you can not to say manipulate but manipulate is through um your pitch and I kind of want to talk about pitch a little bit what's interesting how would you do that yeah so like when you're warming up with your Mm -hmm. breathing exercise before you go out you have to also do a vocal exercise just like athletes warm up you have to warm up before you speak you're still using muscles so that's something that you need to do so i like to do a tongue twister like say unique unique new york five times fast just do it like new york unique new york unique new york unique new york unique new york you did it you did it you did it i'm ready to go amazing you're good to go um yeah so definitely doing that you want to relax your jaw like doing humming exercises if you're ever sick before you public Mm. speak doing a humming exercise like and then going higher and lower it actually like gets rid of the phlegm on your throat it's gross but it's how you can actually speak more clear uh yawning before you public speak is a really good thing to do because it warms up your jaw one thing i wanted to know was like because I'm such a choir expert from my grade 10 choir trip to Disneyland. Right. You would talk about, like, your head voice or, like, your diaphragm voice. Is there Mm -hmm. a specific one or tone you should try to speak in that's, like, Mm -hmm. the most pleasing sound? Yes. Yes. So it was pitch. Pitch is the height and the depth of your voice. Mm -hmm. And when your breathing becomes more irregular and short, your pitch gets higher. This is actually a fun fact. How many... How much? How many pitches in a day do you think men versus women speak with? Okay, I think that men speak with four pitches. Mm-hmm. I think narcissism, with- <laughs> judgment, um, entitlement, self pity, <laughs> and self pity. <laughs> and I think women have like thirty. Close. So men have seven, and women do twenty. Mm-hmm. That was actually oh, really interesting. Good. So, like Why? for example, I don't. Because that's more, a great question. Because we're just more di- we're more diverse. Yeah. Right. Um. so that what you said though your question was what's a good pitch to speak at so the pitch that I'm speaking at right now is frankly too loud and annoying so I think you sound really nice thank you so you know when this is how I explain this to people you know Mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone like what you just did you just went "Mm mm-hmm you just agreed with what I said to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's a little lesson you can do. And you can actually do this during a presentation. You just do it quietly to yourself. You're talking and you just go, mm-hmm. So what it re- the hmm part of the mm-hmm, mm-hmm is the pitch that is actually most auditorily aesthetic for people to hear you speak at based on your own personal pitch. So for oh. me, I'm talking up here right now. Right. But if I go, mm-hmm, I actually should be talking down here. And honestly, when you focus more on your pitch and talking lower, you talk slower. So it's like pitch and pace all in one. So you try it. Okay. So this is how I'm normally talking. And then, Mm -hmm. mm mm-hmm. Hello. Welcome to the Boss Project. 
I know. Does it sound better? Yeah. That's so interesting. I wonder if, like, because women generally have higher pitches, there's some sort of, like, psychological reason we think men are, like, have more important things to say because they have a lower pitch. I I wonder if there's, like, a psychological... No, I think that's part of it. I think that if you talk lower, you sound more serious. Because Mm. if you think about it, when you're a kid and your parents get more stern with you, they lower their voice and they get mad at you. Right. Right? And when you're talking really loudly or excited or if you're yelling at someone, you're kind of you're erratic you're talking loudly so I think that it is a bit of a psychological thing because we take talking slower and lower as talking more seriously which makes you come across more intellectual that's so interesting Mm -hmm. so what you're saying if I want to be taken seriously more seriously even though I should Mm -hmm. be regardless when I'm in a meeting with a bunch of men I should talk low like in a lower pitch yeah, a lower and a slower pitch. Interesting. I also think the psychological thing between yeah. talking slower not only is because people can understand what you're saying and they hear you more because you're talking slower and they can absorb what you're saying, but I think that when you talk slower, you command more respect because you're saying, I'm going to take my time with what I have to say. Yeah. You can listen to me because what I have to say has value versus if you're kind of nervous and you're like, oh, I don't want to waste your time, you're going to talk fast and rush through it. That's so true. Yeah, I so guess that's, when you're nervous. You're talking way faster. So that's why I say care about what you're saying and know that you have something to say of value because it's going to tell you and cause you to talk slower. Obviously, you like learn and you get more confident as you go, but it's almost Mm -hmm. like you can fake it till you make it. And by faking it, you're going to be practicing so much and learning these techniques that you're going to be a pro. Yeah, I really think that is. It definitely is fake it till you make it. Um, That's our motto, actually. And just, like, keep – that should be our intro. <laughs> the bosses will fake it till they make it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I really think it's all about practice and yeah. repetition. And all these tips, they might not work for other people, but they've, they're what has worked for me and helped me feel more comfortable. And there's a lot of exercises that I teach people that don't work for me, frankly. Right. But I already have what works for me, and I know that this has worked for other people, so I share it. But I really think, honestly, you cannot get better at public speaking unless you practice and you put yourself in the situation to be uncomfortable. That's so true. I think even these tips, not even public speaking, can be used whenever you're feeling kind of anxious, like the breathing techniques, the moving Mm -hmm. around. It can be so useful just in any scenario that you might be feeling a little bit anxious about. Mm -hmm. It can be really helpful. I definitely will use them. I use the breathing ones all the time. That was so helpful. I love hearing you public speak I find you have just like a wealth of knowledge because you've practiced it like you've actually lived it you've done school presentations you've done plays you've done campaigns you've done the radio you do a podcast like you Mm -hmm. actually have so much experience in different areas so it's nice to hear your advice versus somebody that maybe doesn't do a lot of different types Mm -hmm. helpful yeah no for sure I'm happy to help always I think like The biggest thing is just being, and the biggest takeaway I would tell people listening if they're unsure about public speaking, is figure out what works for you Mm -hmm. with everything. Find a breathing exercise, find an outfit that you feel confident in, find a stance that makes you feel comfortable and confident. You have to be properly standing and erect when you're public speaking, Mm -hmm. otherwise If you're hunched over, you can't take that proper breath, which is going to cause your breath to be short, which is going to cause your voice to go faster and higher. Like I said, it's a vicious cycle. So finding everything that works for you through practice and through do your research and then try it. 
but you have to just practice doing it nervous because if you do it just for yourself you'll kill it every time but then the moment you do it and you're nervous you won't so do it for yourself then do it for a camera then do it for your parents then do it for your friends then do it for a group of five people then do it for your class or like send us a video if you live by yourself send us a video we we will help you I will give you public speaking tips. I take no other joy in my life besides really, truly helping people improve their mm-hmm. public speaking. And you're so comfortable. You won't be like, wow, that was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was awful. No, part of my workshops was I get people to go up and I get them to give a speech and I rework them and give them, like, feedback right away. And I yeah. give them an exercise that I know is going to help them specific to what they're struggling with. I'm excited. I'm excited oh God, to do my next public so speaking exercise probably will never happen we're gonna get cassandra up there and to do some public speaking actually i I don't think i've ever seen you i think you should practice something prepare something your next like powerpoint and do it for me because i've never seen you public speak and i could 100 percent give you some tips and tricks that would be great because um i make a lot of powerpoints i might as well like pretend it's a practice exercise no, let's do it. But maybe I for like promo, I'll do like a presentation. Or again, like you are going to do yes. like K-Swizzle's going to do a lemonade. K-Wizzle? Yeah, K-Wizzle. K-Wizzle's going to do lemonade on our like Patreon subscribers only channel if we end oh, up Oh, she's dropping that. it. And I will do um, a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> on our stats. I'll use our statistics yeah. oh my God, from the book. Well, I... I feel like that's it, unless you have anything Ugh. else to say. No, I think that was, like, the most useful thing ever. I'm so glad we ended up doing an episode on this. It's just so timely, especially kind of going with the interviews, because interviews, people get nervous. They feel like it's public speaking. It feels like you're mm-hmm. presenting about yourself. I think this just goes hand in hand in what our interview with all those tips with Cassie. Plus this, you're going to be so golden for all those people who just finished exams and are looking to enter the real world. Mm-hmm. Got it made. 100%. And if any of this helps you, and if you liked hearing about Cassandra's 10K and all the things <laughs> that you talked about today, leave us a <laughs> review. Subscribe. Oh. Download. Guys, message us. Like, we, like come we on. We answer like, everybody. We're like, so excited. Come on. Please. I've answered a couple robots, I'm pretty sure. Like, guys, I think some, <laughs> we got some, some spam DMs. We got some DMs, and I was like, hey, what's up? Like, responding. Cassandra's like, why are you responding? Those are literally spam accounts. We're going to get a virus. And I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, I just want it to be nice. I'm like, Kennedy, they have one follower and they're following 5,000 people. I don't think they're real. You're like, their picture is definitely a cat. They're they're like, like, oh my gosh, but they might listen to the podcast. It's you so funny. Know? They slide in, they're like, hey, like, I will pay you $1,000. You're like, hey, so, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm like, give Appreciate me the, money the support right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, one thing about me is I trust. You're I so trust nice. Too much. You're I'm so, so nice. trusting. I know. I know. I know. I know. No, you are. It's so funny. You're the. You're my protector. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sure. Totally. <laughs> cool. All right. I think that is it for us this I think week. So too. The bosses are out. The office is now closed, and we'll see you in two weeks.